Hey there, friend. You know, weight loss can be a pretty tricky subject, especially if you've already lost some weight and you're working on those last 10 to 15 pounds. It's definitely a different experience than when you're trying to lose the first 10 to 15 pounds. Lots of people have a whole lot of opinions, and it can feel pretty lonely to be working on those last few pounds by yourself. That's why I'm bringing back a beloved free training called Losing the Last 10 to 15 Pounds. We are going to talk about what losing those last pounds is, and more importantly, what it's not about. We'll bust through the myths, and we'll talk about what's really needed to lose those last 10 to 15 pounds. And finally, I'll share with you how to lose the last 10 to 15 pounds in a way that is loving and safe and healthy, and most importantly, a positive experience for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Tuesday, May 21st, 2024, once at 11 a.m. Central and the other at 7.30 p.m. Central. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a great time together. But if you can't make either of those times on that day, I'm not going to leave you hanging. We are offering several watch parties through the rest of the week and even on the following Saturday. So come and watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will definitely be worth your time. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash lose the last. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash L-O-S-E-T-H-E-L-A-S-T. Now, please enjoy the show. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 229. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Master Certified Life and Weight Loss Coach, Katrina Ubell, MD. This is the podcast where busy doctors like you come to learn how to lose weight for the last time by harnessing the power of your mind. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Well, hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the podcast. And if you're new, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. A great episode for you today. It's actually a really fun kind of twist on a success story, and I know you're going to love it. I have to tell you that things are, are, I think they're turning around a little. I feel like everybody's mood that I interact with has been lightning. Yesterday, I actually went into a store and it said that masks were optional if you're vaccinated. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm naked. Like this is, this is actually pretty fun. I actually don't mind wearing a mask, but when you're a glasses wearer, it does add an extra level of complexity to the mask wearing. So I thought, mm, I'm just going to try this out. I don't think I got close to close enough to anybody <laughs> where it would any probably even be a, a real concern. But anyway, it just it's fun to see that things are opening back up again. I know my kids have some camps planned and just everybody's on it and doing it. And it's it's just so fun, right? <laughs> I'm just wanting to share in that. That's just a really been a bright spot lately, which is so great. All right. So let me tell you about who my guest is today. My guest is Deb Bootsbach. She is an oncologist and she was a client of mine several years ago. She'll tell you the whole story. But it's really interesting. She reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I'd really like to come on and share with you that losing weight was great, but not the best part of working with you. And she wanted to share 
kind of some unexpected benefits of doing weight loss coaching. And she'll tell you all about it, but I thought that was such a, a good idea. We focus a lot on the weight loss and, and we of course have of course talked on the podcast before about all the other things that change and how your whole life gets better, not because you're thin, but because you're doing the work you need to do to, to get the weight to come off and to stop overeating. But she really kind of digs into it. She had some significant issues with some relationships and she just found that that really made such a, a significant difference. And of course, what she the, what she says about what her husband said when she thought about signing up for master's is, is so fun. She's not the only one who's, who's shared how much the, the partners and the husbands get into it when they're like, oh my gosh, this is making such a big difference for our whole life in general. Like just keep doing it, <laughs> do what you need to do. But what's also really cool is that she has now become a coach herself and she is coaching people who have completed their cancer treatment and are looking to kind of change their whole viewpoint about life afterward, really addressing the fear and anxiety and honestly terror that a lot of people feel about possibly having a recurrence. And so I just thought it was such a great idea to have her come on and just let all of you know who may take care of patients who are struggling after cancer in whatever way, shape or form. I just thought this was really good information to get out there because I don't know of anybody else who's helping this kind of group in this way. And um, I just think her work is amazing and would be just so helpful to so many people. So you'll definitely want to listen toward the end when she tells you more about what she does with coaching. She's got a free Facebook group. She's got free help for people, paid help for people who want more additional help. And so totally worth it to find out more about that. So I am excited to bring you my conversation with Deb Bootsbach. Please enjoy. And I'll talk to you next week. Deb, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. I am so happy to be here. So much fun. It's so nice to see your face. I know. We haven't seen each other in a long time. We haven't talked in a while. And this is actually a really fun episode because as I was just telling you, I was thinking that I've had several other people coming on talking about their their weight loss success and how weight loss coaching has helped them so much with their weight. And you came in going, you know what? Yeah, I lost a bunch of weight and that was great. But there are so many other things that totally changed my life. And were arguably more worthwhile or better, or, you know, just you're more excited about than losing the weight, which I think when people are overweight, they have a hard time believing that because they really are like, no, but I'm really still pretty sure that if I were thinner, things would be better. <laughs> but anyway, I would just love for you to share your story of coming into the program and your experience that you went through in losing weight. And then of course, all the other benefits. So I actually came in to the program it's probably three or four years ago now. And I was at about 195 pounds and I was right where everyone is, where you're like, I just don't know what to do. I've tried yeah. it all. I can't figure it out. I'm sorry. How tall are you? I'm five, six. Okay. Just, you know, it helps to know with weights. So we have some idea. Okay. So I came in and at the same time, I was really just struggling with feeling burnt out at work. I'm an oncologist and I had a lot of awareness that my patients just needed more than I was giving them. And I always felt uncomfortable and I always was stressed out when I had bad news to give. And I didn't even realize that I was totally using food to get through my hard days at work. Like I had no recognition of this. And I had gotten to a point where my husband and I were arguing a lot and I was having a lot of issues with one of my kids. And I just was like, oh, if I could just get thin, at least I'd have one thing under control. 
And then can I just say, like, who hasn't had that thought? (laughs) Everything is burning down around me. But if I could just be skinny. (laughs) It's so true. Because I was like, well, if I could just be thin, then at least I wouldn't hate how I looked when I looked in the mirror. You know, and I felt like as a physician, if I can't figure it out, there's something wrong with me because, you know, I'm telling my cancer patients, like being overweight increases your risk of dying of your cancer. But here I am a fat doctor and it just felt so inauthentic counseling people on this. So I came into your program and I think like a lot of other people, I looked at it and I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. But I had actually known someone who went through your program ahead of me, and I literally would sit in tumor board with her and watch her just like melt away. And so I didn't have a whole lot of the drama that some people do. I was like, I know this works. You know, anything is it's worth anything. I'll give her anything she wants. I'm (laughs) I'm all in. So I found out about the program. I listened to three of your podcasts and I signed up for your coaching group. Wow. But that just goes to show, right? When you have a friend, when you know someone who's having those results, like you're, I think I'm much less skeptical. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Just what's the link to sign up? <laughs> just tell me, you know, I guess I'm going to do it. And my husband was even more skeptical than I was. And, and he's a doctor too. So just to, just to put that out there. Yeah, he is. He's a urologist and he actually, one of the things that is very clear in our relationship is he does not mind me being chunky. So, you know, that was something <laughs> he did he was not like, see it as a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, he didn't see this as a problem. So, but you know, we, I went through the program and I lost weight. I lost 45 pounds, which got me to where I wanted to be. But what really, really changed was that I took ownership of the fact that his and my issues were the relate that were the result of my brain drama and my burnout at work was the result of the things I was telling myself and my feeling that I needed to eat to give someone bad news was the result of what I was telling myself. And I remember at one point early on, you coached me. I was, I have a son who has ADHD, anxiety, and depression, and we were having huge issues with him at that point. And you coached me and I was like, but he's yelling and he's hurting my head. And you said, but is he really, is it really damaging you that much? Or is that just more of the story you're telling yourself about this interaction with your son? And it just like turned on a light in my head. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it more than that, but like over the intervening Six months, I mean, although the first part of our coaching group, I still was really struggling with, you know, a lot of family issues. We got to the end of my first coaching program and I felt like I wasn't done yet. You know, I just felt like there was more that I needed to do because I actually tell you something horrible. I'd actually been like, oh, I didn't realize all this other stuff was here. I don't need to work on the weight. I need to figure out all this other shit. So I actually didn't lose much in my first six months because I opened the Pandora's box and was like, holy crap, look at this mess that I have to deal with. And all of a sudden, maybe the weight is not really what my problem is. Yeah. Well, the food is, is the food is what we ask to solve the problem. When we keep just trying to solve for food by trying different diets, 
we're totally confused, right? We're like, why is this? Why is eating keto not solving the problem? So we don't realize that there's all this other stuff behind there that is the real problem that we're asking food to solve for us. Exactly. So you take the food away and you're like, oh, look at what my- Yeah, so I, I actually, you know, I realized pretty early on, I was like, oh, I actually don't really care about the weight so much. I really would like to sort out the rest of this because my marriage is on the rocks. My kid is in therapy. You know, life is not going so great and maybe I can fix this. So I came to my husband and I said, hey, the, the next six month sign up is starting. What do you think? You know, I think I'd like to do another six months. And he said- can I just tell you that was the best money we've ever spent in our entire marriage. You do whatever you stay in the program as long as you want. I am all in. He's like, here's your check. And he literally sat down at the table, wrote me a check and I sent it into you. But he was like, nothing has changed our marriage the way this has. And, you know, 100% you, absolutely should stay in for another six months. Well, you know, that, that is actually not that uncommon of an experience, right? Where the husbands at first or the partners are just like, I don't know, this seems ridiculous, whatever. You just need to move more and eat less or like whatever they say, you know, and then after six months, they're like, give her anything she wants because this is the best thing that's ever happened to us. I don't know what this voodoo magic is, but you whatever he's like, it. whatever it is, keep doing it. Yeah. 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 And at the end of our year together, you know, at that point I sort of felt like I was ready to maybe try it on my own a little bit. And I had watched something sort of setting an impossible goal for the year. Cause my, my husband and I were in a much better place, but my son and I were still really struggling. And he was, you know, he had been in therapy for six or seven years and, you know, I just, when I looked back at the photo albums in every picture, he had a smile, but he had a little worried frown between his eyes. And I looked back and I was like, my God, this child is in so much pain. So I set a goal for the year after you and I finished of having him be my favorite person on the planet. Oh my gosh. Because I was <laughs> I like, it. so if good. I loved him 100%. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> so but bad. if I loved this child 100% unconditionally, what do you think that would do for him looking sad in pictures? Because if I'm taking pictures and he's looking at me and not looking at me full of love, there's something wrong with how I'm parenting this child. And so I set my intention for the year to just spend a year really working on loving him better than anyone else on the planet, which when you have four kids is saying a lot because, you know, to decide that I'm going to love him more than everyone else, that's saying something. And that was why it was sort of my impossible goal was I didn't think it was possible to love him more, but I will tell you that was two years ago. He is out of therapy, off of his anxiety meds off of his depression meds, has transitioned into high school and got straight A's his first for his first quarter ever in his life wow. in his freshman year at a private high school. Wow. That is I mean, amazing. What we do with our brains yeah. changes our lives. Yeah. And arguably other people's lives too. And other people's lives. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, and I'm not saying that it was entirely just me loving him right. more. Right. We can't say that for sure. Coaching will like, you know, result in that. But I bet your experience of being with him for that year was so much better than it. Right. And I just decided that no matter what he did, I wasn't going to respond negatively. You know, I was like, I'm not going to yell at him. I'm not going to criticize him. I'm not going to punish him. I'm not going to get into these screaming matches. And so when he would start to like escalate with me, I'd be like, I love you so much. I think you need a break. How about you just go take a half an hour in your room and come talk to me when you're ready. And then I would walk away. And it just, that's what a parent who unconditionally loves their kid would do. Whereas what I was doing was trying to make him be something, someone who doesn't escalate fights and throw things. And, you know, like, I'm not saying this is going to work for everyone's kids, but I mean, really like just getting control of my brain where I wasn't responding to everything he did. (laughs) I mean, like actually being an adult, holy crap. Right. Well, that's what's so interesting. We're like, hey, teenager, why are you acting like a teenager? I'm the one acting like a teenager. You should be acting like the adult. But I think that it was one of those things where just taking some responsibility for how what I was bringing into the situation just made such a difference. Now, I have a question, though, because, you know, I think it would be really easy. You were saying like, I realized you were saying that you realized that, you know, you're like just kind of you were taking ownership of your, you know, role in, you know, the, the difficulty in the marriage, the difficulty in various relationships, you know, things like that. When you realized that, did you go through a phase of feeling kind of disheartened by that or upset by that? Or were you like, this is the best news. Oh my gosh. So great. Cause I can change it. Cause I think people can go both ways. I think some people are afraid I'm going to find out all the problems are me and I don't want to do that. So they're afraid. Yeah. I still don't believe that all the problems are me. You know, I believe that there's two parts to every story. But what I realized is I don't have to get into it with someone else's junk. You know, I mean, I don't have to fight when someone wants to fight. And you know what? The experience is so much better when I'm not escalating whatever's going on. So, you know, like there are days where my son still will be like, I mean, he's, he's just one of those kids. He's, you know, he's going to have some challenges in his life and there'll be days where he comes in and it's my fault that he lost. uh, What was it last week? The plug to the boat, you know, that that literally laid on the counter for three weeks with me saying, Hey, you might want to put this someplace where you can find it when you need it. You know, he wanted to go out fishing and the boat plug is then gone. And of course he's like, this is my fault. And in the past, that would have been like, he yells at me and I yell back at him. And I say, well, if you had just done what I told you when I told you to do it, you know, this wouldn't have been a problem. And it would have just blown up from there. And so I was like, hey, I'm so sorry that the plug's missing. I have no idea where it went. Here are the places where you might want to check. If you can't find it there, I would go down and look at the boat and see if you can figure out what model we need to replace it. Then I would encourage you to go on Amazon, find what we need put it in the cart and let me know when you've got that all done. And I walked away. Yes. And he's walking after me and I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's well, you're letting extent. him own the problem and you're giving him some solutions to help him problem solve it. And then it's on him, which honestly is, in my opinion, one of the best tools that you can give a child is the ability to, 
figure stuff out for themselves, especially once they're a teenager. I mean, I parent similarly where I'm like, okay, so sounds like you need to email someone at school. Do you know who you're going to email? Yes. Like, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know who to call about anything. I don't get involved. I'm like, this is part of you learning how to grow up and, and advocate for yourself. And it will, you know, I mean, and it does just really for, first of all, it puts the own, the ownership on them, which really does raise, you know, much more resilient children than us always solving their problems. And it really tells him that, oh, screaming at someone else is not going to get me anything that I want, you know? And he's learned over the years that if he comes in and he says, I lost blah, blah, blah. I know you told me to put it away and I can't find it. That will get me to actually, that'll recruit me into helping him look. But when he comes and starts yelling, I'm just like, woohoo, I'm out. Yeah. I want to engage in that. Done. Amazing. So as you're doing all that work, you lost all this weight too. (laughs) So yeah, that just sort of just happened. I don't know. That happened along the way. I'm not surprised that you say that though, right? Because when you no longer are creating a life, all these scenarios in your life that are so intolerable that you need food to improve them. And so you're, the scenarios are better in your life because you're actually managing them. Then you're not eating the food and then you're not overeating anymore. And then your body goes to a normal weight for you. So again, I just want to reiterate once again, like that is what you have to look at this stuff changing your food and deciding if you're going to eat low carb or paleo or whatever, like none of that is going to be the long-term solution. Although I will say for me, I had to cut out the flour and sugar for a a, a good degree because my body was not able to sense, am I hungry? Am I not hungry? Am I, you know, what am I really wanting? Am I full? I had to, you know, I'm very sensitive to flour and sugar. And so I had to do that because now like, you know, and I know if I, during the pandemic, things got a little like, you know, I started eating because I wanted something fun and I ate fully being aware that like, I was like, I was like, okay, I am going to not care if I gain 10 pounds during the pandemic because I can't do any of the stuff I like to do. I'm going to make, I'm going to bake with my kids and but I went into it like consciously knowing that that was the outcome of that. And, you know, my husband is like, you're so much squishier now. I love it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If you want to lose those 10 pounds, you know exactly how to do it. That's what's so empowering. You know, it's not like you're like, oh, I got to find out what the, what's the latest diet thing. It's like, no, it's the same thing. And you know, what's really crazy as I've gone through all of this, I've realized I don't actually even want to be thin. I don't care if I'm thin or not. I don't, you know, I mean, I know that sounds, I know that sounds crazy. I mean, everybody's like, how can you not care? But like now I've just decided there are things I want to do that are food related. And I just, I choose to do them. And I don't really care if I'm as thin as some of my friends are, which I never believed that it would be there. And talk about freedom though, right? Like the the point, the way you can get to that is by getting to that place where you are not emotionally eating anymore and you are, you know, you see that really it isn't better 
when you're at that goal weight, I mean, it's fun. It can be nice, you know, the way clothes fit or whatever, but you're like, no, I'm still me and I'm still living my life. And you might decide you want to stay there or you might decide you want to gain some weight. And either way is totally fine. You're not just thinking that like, this just is impossible for me or see if I could just lose 10 more pounds. Like then life would be better. No, no. I mean, I actually got to that weight and I was like, this is a lot of work to stay here. And it's taking away, you know, I mean, to stay at that thin weight, you know, I mean, I really couldn't eat much that was not really, really tightly planned. And I just decided I just with four teenage boys, I just didn't really want to live like that. There's nothing wrong with that. And so, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, yeah, I felt like that was just, that was like, I was actually like, oh, this is so beautiful. Like I'm going to just love my body at the weight that like supports the life we want to live. Yeah. Totally different perspective on it. Right having gone through that whole process. So then, so you learned all of this and then you're like, you know what? I think my cancer patients could actually really benefit from learning this stuff. So as I was going through this, I just became more and more aware that mindset is so much of everything in life. And so I decided to get a life coaching degree and I started doing coaching for cancer patients And my goal is to get everyone to a thought that just feels a little better. And, you know, some of them will come on and they really want coaching and some of them will just take a little thought here and there, but I'm still in the clinic full time. And so I talk all the time with my patients of, you know, there are, you have cancer. That is just the truth of life is you have a, you have a cancer diagnosis. We can't change that, but do you want to be thinking at some point, my cancer may come back and I may fail and die. Or do you want to be thinking, to the best of my knowledge, I'm cancer-free today? You know, what feels better? And just these little conversations that I have in the clinic, you know, just opens people's minds. And, you know, there's some people who are like, oh, once they hear that, they're like, oh, I want more of that. And then there are some people who are like, you know, like I just get them pointed in the right direction and that's great. Yeah. It's almost like giving them permission to have a better outlook. I could see some people being like, well, okay, so I beat the cancer for now, but now I have to be like in this hypervigilant, worry-filled, anxiety-filled state as though that will prevent the cancer from coming back. Or like, we're so afraid that we'll be like happy and then, oh my gosh, the other shoe will drop, so to speak. We'll find out that we have a recurrence like as though worrying that whole time instead of being happy would prevent that. And it is really, that is really actually one of the things when I coach people, I coach on that because so many people are afraid to accept that happiness and joy back into their life because they feel like it's going to jinx them. And so we really actually need to work on that brain mindset of, can I jinx myself by thinking positive thoughts, you know, or having positive emotions. And I actually coach people because We know that stress hormones like cortisol affect immunity. And so I actually believe that if you're living in a place of negativity and you're constantly worrying that your cancer is going to come back, it actually may physiologically increase the odds that your cancer is going to recur. I agree. I really agree with that. Yeah, that's what's, I'm like, that's powerful though, right? You teach people that and then you teach them how to change their thoughts and how, you know, how to change their beliefs. And it's just like giving, handing them such a gift because it's kind of like, let's just say in five years, you have a recurrence and you pass away. Would you like your last five years to have been spent in terror and fear and this like contracted down small life? Or would you 
you know, love to be able to say, you know what, the last five years of my life were the absolute best years. Were the best years. I tell patients that all the time. I'm like, okay, so here are the two scenarios. One is 10 years from now, you realize your cancer is cured and you look back on the 10 years. And the other option is 10 years from now, you realize I'm going to die tomorrow. And you look back on the 10 years. Either way, how do you want to look back on those 10 years? Do you want to look at those 10 years that you spent in fear and worry and you know not doing anything because you were afraid to jinx it? Or do you want to look back on it and be like, man, I lived the hell out of those 10 years, you know, no matter what outcome is going to happen. Right. I love that. That is so great. So great. So do you mostly focus on people who are in remission or, you know, have found that cure? I actually don't let anyone in who's still in treatment because a big part of my program is actually I do weight coaching because so many people struggle with weight gain after cancer treatment. And it's really multifactorial because they're on new medications and they've had changes in their metabolism from being on chemo, but also it's that whole eating to feel better, you know, that I was doing at the start of my journey. Right. Like, we all understand you know, that here. <laughs> yeah, we all know that. So, you know, I do a lot of coaching on just eating, you know, eating to fuel your best health over eating to feel better emotionally and then letting someone else help you through all the emotional aftermath of all of this. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, so, you know, there might be some people who are, you know, cancer survivors themselves who are listening, but more so we know that there's a lot of people listening who take care of people who are cancer survivors who are really, really struggling. And so it'd be so awesome if people, if doctors could make that connection or anybody listening really, so that they can get that help that they need. So you have a podcast, you have a free Facebook group. What's the name of your podcast? So the podcast is Best Life After Cancer. The Facebook page is the same, Best Life After Cancer, but there's an MD on the end. So Best Life After Cancer MD. And I have a website that has all sorts of freebies from like the start of your cancer journey to the end. You know, there are freebies for good questions. There are freebies for understanding weight. There are freebies for, you know, helping to deal with your mindset. And that's all at bestlifeaftercancer.com. What I think is so great about you being a doctor about this is that I could see, even if I were not a doctor myself, if I had gone through this whole cancer treatment thing, and then I'm looking for some help, like having someone, I I feel like I would feel safer having a coach who was a doctor, because if I came and said, well, Hey, this thing happened or that thing happened, you know, if, if it was a non-doctor, I feel like who was like, well, don't worry about that. I'd be like, what do you know? You know, like, I don't know if I can trust you, but when it's a doctor and you're kind of, you know getting some of that, you know, feedback. I think it's really helpful. I think it it does really allow me, it does really allow me to sort of point people in the right direction because there are things that I'll be like, oh, that's your brain drama going on. And then they'll tell me something and I'm like, hmm, that actually probably should be looked into back to your primary team for that. So I don't give medical advice, but I do sort of like help them to understand when they come and talk to me about something If I'm concerned, I'll be like, oh, you know, this is something that will deal with the mind aspect of this, but I also want you reporting that to your primary team. And I think a lot of patients who 
would, you know, people who come in and want to be a survivor that coaches don't have that ability to sort of differentiate things. Right. Well, and, and they shouldn't be expected to, that's not really their area of expertise. So it's like, you kind of have like the both, both of best, the, both, both of best worlds. I think is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you have it all there, which is, which is a great package. And I know that's, you're helping so many people. I think that's so great. I could see coaching being, oh my gosh, so, 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 so helpful. And I've heard of this, you know, just friends whose, you know, parents have gone through cancer and are just really struggling afterward and really kind of thinking like, I'm not sure I should have even have done the treatment because life is so awful afterward. And it's such a shame, right? Especially when there's options and, and ways that we can improve it. It just really is people's mindsets just really it's I think that all of us just having gone through the COVID pandemic can understand this because you set this intention of I'm going to get through treatment and then life is going to go back to normal and then it doesn't. It's Pandora's box. You have this new knowledge that you can't just put back in the box. And I think that we've sort of realized this with COVID, like, you know, a lot of us said, well, as soon as I'm vaccinated, life is going to go back to normal. And I don't know about you, but I got vaccinated and life didn't just go back to normal. And so, you know, this is where we start to look at like, oh, look how much brain drama I have after all of this. And, you know, this is all things that we can work on. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Deb, thank you so much for coming on. I know so many people are going to get so much help from you. And it was so fun to hear your story and just for you to share how much weight loss coaching of all things can help you know, your relationships and everything else. That's so great. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for all you've done. It's been absolutely life-changing for me and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Deb. Ready to start making progress on your weight loss goals? For lots of free help, go to katrinaubellmd.com and click on free resources.